This episode of the Suns Report podcast can be found on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network. Make sure you stop by and you subscribe wherever you get your pods. My name is John. I'm the host of the Suns Report, and I'm joined live and in studio by my cohort in crime, the master of the microphone, Matthew. How are you, sir? I am great. Ladies and men, how are you out there today? I don't know if they're going to respond. They will. Okay. (laughs) Well, if you want to respond, please do so on Twitter, at The Suns Report. You can hit us up on our Facebook page. You can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Darth Voita. Matthew, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, At Matthew Lissy. Ooh, that makes a lot of sense. It does. Makes perfect sense. Get right to the point. Yeah. No no bullshit there. Again, welcome to The Suns Report. This is going to be a different kind of pod. No recaps. No analysis. Instead... We're gonna play a game, Matthew. Do you like games? I do like games. No, I don't. I don't pay attention to games, so good luck today with me following <laughs> along, man. Oh crud, this is yeah. gonna suck. So you're not a Monopoly person, not a Scrabble person, no, board I am. games? Well, okay, so now that I'm older and I can drink, usually any games I play involve drinking. I just like drinking, I don't like the game part. I'm just gonna drink and make fun of people. That's what I do. <laughs> but in this one, I'm not drunk, so okay. let's have fun. Dude. Well, we will crack a beer open here in a minute, so hopefully oh, I can <laughs> Hopefully I can uh, keep you reeled in for this one. You know, one thing that makes being a Suns fan fun is over every other sport in Phoenix, the history of the team is the best. I mean, this team has been here since 1968. So there's a lot of history with the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, it's fun to get together on the podcast and and talk about the state of the team and the all-star selections and whatnot. But it's also fun to learn about the team. You can't know where you're going unless you know where you've been. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I had a listener tune in once and actually ask us this question. With this Suns roster, who would you start? Who would you bench? Who would you trade? So shout out to Mitchell Latham for, for that question. And I thought it was a valid question, but I didn't feel like doing that with this team. Instead, I thought, why don't we make a game out of it? Instead of talking about who we would start, bench, and trade from the current Phoenix Suns roster, why don't we do it throughout the entire history of the Suns? And why don't we do it by jersey number? So that's what we're going to do today on this podcast. We're going to go down memory lane and pay homage to a lot of Suns and Suns history. We're going to learn a little bit about them. And we're going to, at the end, choose who we would start, who we would bench, and who we would trade. All from the Suns who wore jersey number one. Sound good, Matthew? Yeah, sounds fantastic, man. It's going to be a fun podcast. It's a good good idea to learn, you know. Yeah, you get a little history with these guys, and then we get to choose, like, our own team, basically. Basically... We get to manage for a day, or every day we do this pod, we get to manage those guys that wore those numbers. So yeah. it's fun. Yeah, so I like lo- it. looking forward to this one. So hopefully uh, you don't get too intoxicated while we're doing this and I lose you. But uh, let's crack open a beer, drop that beat, and talk about all the sons who wore jersey number one. Number one for the Phoenix Suns. So before we get into all the players who actually wore the jersey, what do you think about how that jersey looks? Oh, the number actually? How, how the number looks? Yeah. Um, well, the number itself, I'm not a big fan of. Just because it's one, it's very slender. It doesn't really fill out the jersey. I like a lot on the jersey. Mm-hmm. I don't like it to be so plain. So I'm not a big fan of number one. I wish even Devin Booker would change his number. I just never liked number one. Yeah, for some reason, I feel like number one on a football jersey looks really cool. It's slimming, it's fast, uh, and that's true. And yeah. generally, the numbers are bigger on a college uh-huh. or on a football jersey. Yeah, 
But on a basketball jersey, I guess it depends on the font. And the current font of the Phoenix Suns, don't like it. Don't like the way a number one looks on there. Don't like, like 11 doesn't look good. Now you start to put the the 22 or a 30 something on there. Now, yeah, it kind of fills out the jersey and it looks kind of cool. Yeah. I do think actually the number one looked good though on the jerseys when like Amari wore them. And it's probably because they had that like circle around it. The one, they were a, a thicker font. They were thicker, yeah. Yeah. That's so. why it had something to do with it, too. It's good. And there was that circle around it, so it made it expand a little bit. Exactly. So it kind of so helped it out. Filled out a little bit. Yeah. So interesting, interesting. Just thought I'd get your kind of your feedback on that. Yeah. But without further ado, let's learn about the Phoenix Suns and let's go through every son who wore the jersey number one. So the first son to ever wear jersey number one was Dennis Layton in 1971. His nickname was Mo, so Mo Layton. He, had, he was a six foot one point guard from the University of Southern California, and he was actually the 48th pick in the 71 draft for the Phoenix Suns. He averaged 8.2 points and 2.6 assists in his time with the Suns. First player to ever wear jersey number one, Mo Layton. And then the next guy to wear jersey number one didn't wear it until 1997. Why don't you tell us about that guy? Yeah, so Cedric Sabalos from 1997 to 1998. He wore number one. He was a 6'6", uh, small forward from Cal State Fullerton. He was the 48th pick in the ninety in the 1990 draft. So Mo Layton was the 48th pick. Cedric Sabal's the 48th Very, pick. Yeah. Interesting. Really random. I don't know if that's a reason he wore it later on. But yeah, he wore number 23 from 1991 to 1994 and then mm-hmm. was traded to the Lakers in 94 for a first-round pick, which became Michael Finley. That's right. That's right. Yeah, and then uh, traded back... In January 1997, uh, with uh, Ramil Robinson and mm-hmm. Joe Klein. Joe Klein. And Robert Ory. Oh, uh, Robert Ory. Oh, Ory. man. And uh, he put on the number one. And he averaged that year was 15.3 points and 42 games played that season. Yeah, Seti Sabalas. Of course, we all remember him. The Hocus Pocus dunk. That was back when he, we used to wear the yes, number 23. Yeah. Uh, one of your favorite all-star moments oh yeah yes. definitely number three on my list go back yeah. to the podcast and hear that one but uh the hocus pocus dunk fantastic uh the next player to wear number one was in 1999 and he wore it from 99 to 2004 and that was penny hardaway for those of you who don't remember penny hardaway he was a six foot seven small forward from memphis which is actually where he coaches currently and he was traded to the suns in august of 1999 for pat garrity danny manning a 2001 first and a 2002 first what was interesting is that 2002 pick ended up being Amari Stoudemire. So in November, I think, uh, yeah, November of 2001, as part of a three-team trade, the Orlando Magic traded Bo Outlaw to Phoenix. The Suns traded Vinny Del Negro and Cash to the Clippers, and the Suns traded Jed, Judd Bushler to the Orlando Magic. As part of all that, the pick for Amari Stoudemire that was originally traded to Orlando came over with Bo Outlaw. So we traded away, we got it back, we turned it into another guy who we'll talk about shortly who wore number one was Amari Stoudemire. Penny played for the Suns for four seasons, averaged 12.4 points, 4.5 rebounds, and 4.2 assists in 236 games played. What's unfortunate about Penny Hardaway's time in the desert is we got him after his peak. Unfortunately, he was a phenomenal talent in the 90s. Shaq and Penny, they had the little Penny commercials with Chris Rock's voice, cultural icon, but he blew out his knee in 97, the 97-98 season and was never really the same after that. I remember the, the famous nickname 
uh, for him and Jason Kidd were never on the court together 2000 because in the year 2000, they (laughs) just, we had these two amazing guards and they just can never stay healthy enough to play together. So, you know, his time in Phoenix, I, I, looking back, like 236 games, I forgot it was that many games. He was here for a while. It didn't seem like that much, Mm-mm. maybe because he never really played. It was right? just sporadic, you know. Yeah, it he was. was healthy for a bit, injured a bit, healthy for yeah. a bit, no consistency. So eventually, Penny Hardaway got traded to the Knicks uh, with Stefan Marbury, and that's mm. when we bid adieu to Penny Hardaway. So, Penny Hardaway, ninety-nine to oh four. All right, we'll see you, Penny. Um, here is Utah Taboose. Uh, Utah Taboose. Played in 2004 for the Suns. He was a little guy. He was five foot nine, point guard from BYU and from Japan. So Utah Taboos was from BYUtah. BYUtah. <laughs> it's actually Brigham Young University, but which is in Utah uh, Taboos. Yep. Oh, is it? <laughs> he uh, he only played four games in the NBA. He scored seven points. Um, I remember he was just on the fast paced uh, up and down Phoenix Suns. He mm-hmm. came in. I feel like he only played. I feel like the one game where they were killing somebody because back in the day the Suns had to be up by 40 for Mike D'Antoni to put anybody I know <laughs> other like anybody on the bench that was like uh the eighth player on the bench into the game ain't that so, the truth yeah so that's the way it was for him uh that that's it for that guy who do you got next uh we got Smoosh Parker 2005 six foot four point guard from Fordham University he had two 10-day contracts in the 0405 season Played five total games, averaged three points, and 1.8 turnovers. Mm. Smush Parker. Very nice. Well, from 2005 to 2006, Dijon Thompson played for the Phoenix Suns. He was a 6'7", 2-3 from UCLA. He was also acquired uh, from the Knicks with Kurt Thomas and Q Richardson and Nate Robinson. And uh, So that was the trade that sent Q and Nate to New York, and we got Kurt Thomas for some Frankenstein for some reason. Yeah. And Dijon the Mustard Man Thompson. That's yeah. right. I remember that trade. I miss Q Richardson now, man. I know. Um, it sucks. Uh, 10 of his 16 total NBA games came with the Suns. He averaged 2.8 points and 1.1 rebounds. That's interesting. I always, like, I remember Dijon Thompson Me too. for some reason. I do. But he only played in. 10 games for the Suns. Yeah. Interesting. Well, next up on the list is standing tall and talented, Amari Stoudemire. He wore the jersey number one from 2006 to 2010. Six foot ten, power forward slash center from Cypress Creek High School, drafted number nine overall in the 2002 draft, played eight total seasons for Phoenix, and he actually changed from jersey number 32 in the 06-07 season. He changed his number following his knee injury, which was the micro-fracture knee surgery, which at the time, nobody really knew if he was going to come back strong. Yeah, and uh, this will actually kind of get into uh, the start bench trade where that plays a part into my decision Okay, just okay. because of the injuries he had. So uh, it's too bad. Well, what's, it, what's, what's interesting, though, is if you look at his splits, okay, and by splits I mean when he wore jersey number 32 and jersey number one. Mm-hmm. Jersey number 32, he played in 220 games. Jersey number one, he played 296 games. He averaged 15 points, eight, almost nine rebounds, and 1.4 blocks in jersey number 32. He averaged seven more points per game wearing the jersey number one, nine rebounds, and 1.4 blocks. So when he put that number one on, he was standing tall and talented. Yeah. And that's what he did. He was actually, you know, if you recall, unfortunate moment it felt like kind of in Suns history when he was traded to the Knicks in 2010 for a, a 2012 second-round pick that we never got because it was 
top 55 protected. How lame is that? That is lame. I would have never known that if you didn't just say that. I, like, who <laughs> who protects a pick? Like, hold on. Yeah. Number 55. Anything before that is protected. Yeah. 56, you have it. Like, you know, I've again. never even heard of that. Yeah, me neither. That is lame. So who wore jersey number one after stat? There's Josh Childress. Uh, this guy had a great look, the great fro. Yeah, great fro. From 2010 to 2012, he's 6'8", uh, 2-3 from Stanford. He was acquired from Atlanta for a 2012 second-round pick. He played two seasons with the Suns in 88 games. He started, all, he started three of them, and he averaged 4.2 points, 2.8 rebounds, and 1.2 personal fouls. And I remember getting him and being excited that we had him. For some reason, he's a guy that I like to watch play, but mm-hmm. nothing ever panned out with him. Well, I remember him playing in college, and he was a really dynamic college player. And then yeah. he went to Atlanta. So, yeah, when he came to the Suns, you're like, okay, okay. And this was, this was part of that process when they were trying to replace Amari Stoudemire's stats. Yeah, it's like the money ball kind of, you know. Exactly. Yeah. They brought in Josh Childress. They brought in Hito Turkulu. Yeah, there's one more piece. And they brought in um, Darius Miles. Yes. Yeah, they brought in those three guys, kind of athletic wings to replace Stoudemire. Didn't, didn't really work. Nope, not in the NBA. So following Josh Childress, Goran Dragic. Dragic? Dragic? Dragic. I always said Dragic. Okay. I say Dragic. I don't know if I'm right. It's like I don't know how to I don't know how to say these things. Uh, But Goran Dragic uh, from 2012 to 2015 wore the jersey number one. Six foot three point guard from Slovenia. Drafted by the Spurs. Isn't he like the perfect Spur? He is. He is exactly what the Spurs would want in a point guard Mm -hmm. is him. And it's kind of crazy how we got him after. You you think they would keep a guy like that, but yeah. no, Suns got him. Yeah, yeah. We, we got him. He was actually traded for Malik Harrison before he ever even played a, a game for Pop. He originally wore number two before the Suns traded him to Houston for Aaron Brooks. Yeah, I remember that trade. Little yeah. Aaron Brooks, little Chris Rock looking little, up. Yeah, he looked just like Chris Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he actually signed as a free agent with the Suns in July 2012, and that's when he put on jersey number one. And his stats wearing... That jersey was 17 points, 6 assists, and 3 rebounds. And then, of course, he ended up being traded to the Heat mid-2015 in a 9-player trade. Cool. After him was uh, A.J. Price in 2015 only. He's a 6'2 point guard from UConn. Had one-way contract with the Suns in March of 2015. (laughs) <laughs> that's it <laughs> that's all i got on that guy all right and then last but not least the 11th player to wear number one in phoenix suns history starting in 2015 to present is devin i'm now a motherfucking all-star booker yes okay six foot five shooting guard from kentucky drafted in 2015 with the 13th overall pick uh his stats 21 points per game 4.3 assists per game 3.5 rebounds per game so there you go ladies and gentlemen Everybody who's worn jersey number one in Phoenix Suns history. Now the fun begins. Now we get to discuss and debate who we would start out of that group, who we would bench, and who we would trade. Okay, the only ground rule that I have is to be eligible to be a bench player, you have to have had played more than 50 games with the franchise. Because it would just be too easy to go, uh, Smush Parker, I'd bench him on his two 10-day contracts. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, I like that. Yeah, Yeah. it makes it a little bit easier. We can come up with other rules as we continue to play this game and do it with other jerseys. Because I think, you know, we'll do jersey number two after this. And Mm -hmm. probably number three is my guess. And heck, we might even do number four. 
five we won't do because actually on Thursday we're going to be dropping a podcast about the only son who wore jersey number five. His birthday's this upcoming weekend. That's Dick yeah. Van Arsdale. So, but without let, let let's talk about jersey number one here. So, where do you want to start? Start venture trade. Uh, let's just do start. Let's do it in order. Just let's do our start. Okay. I think it's... Should I, we just say it together? Devin, Devin Booker. Booker. Oh, All that right, was adorable. So yeah. But it's true. I mean, Devin Booker is the obvious start, right? He is. Um, and this is something I maybe I said before on the podcast. He is going to be the all-time greatest Suns player in Suns history. So that's why he's my starter, because he can get it done by himself. Anybody else on this list, you might think Amari Stoudemire, of course. But Amari was so good. But he had Steve Nash. That's the way I always look at his career. Amari was explosive and great, but I feel like he couldn't do it on a team without Steve Nash. Now we're seeing Booker get to where he is now, to where he is well-deserved a start on my team. I'm going to have to 110% agree because you look at every son who wore jersey number one, and Devin Booker has the highest ceiling. He does. You know, you look at other players— we're good. Cedric Zabalas was a good player. Penny Hardaway, before becoming a son, was a great player. Amari Stoudemire was a great player. But if you had to ask me which one of these guys I would start, it's a no-brainer. Like yes. this isn't even a debate. You know, we get into jersey number two or jersey number three with like Stephon Marbury and things of that nature and, and Quentin Richardson. I might have a little bit of a debate for you on the start, but you know what? It's D book all day yes. long. Yeah. It's easy. All right. What about your bench? So benching, uh, I'm gonna go Goran Dragic. Okay, why? Uh, just because you have to go back to that San Antonio game where he came off the bench and won it for the Suns, basically. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, game four, right? Yeah, that was a great performance. Yeah. But uh, he's just out of this whole team. I'll get to Amari later, of course. Uh, sorry, I already spoiled the ending. But um, <laughs> Goran Drakic is just someone I felt like he was always a good backup point guard. I don't think he's a good starting point guard. And I think when we had him in that little three-headed monster point guard thing. I mm-hmm. wish he would have been satisfied with being the third point guard on the team or the backup point guard. Um, to me, I don't think he's a, he's not a starting point guard on a winning team, on a championship team. And obviously he's not because he's almost done with his career. It's kind of fizzling out a little bit, still playing with Miami. But I feel like he's good at a backup role. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Understandable. I always feel like the Suns did Drogic wrong. Yeah, yeah. Because you look at that three-headed, shitty point guard debacle that the Suns had, and only one of those guys raised their hand and said, I want to be a Phoenix Sun. That was Goran. He came over as a free agent. Everybody else was involved in a trade, IT and Bledsoe. And instead of going the route of Goran, who had showed you that he could perform in the playoffs, who had worked under Steve Nash, who was the heir apparent to to the point guard position in Phoenix... We went with Bledsoe, and we'll get we'll talk plenty about Eric Bledsoe when we do start bench and trade jersey number two. But I'm not a big Eric Bledsoe fan. I thought we screwed that one up royally, and unfortunately, in doing so, we've had we've pissed off the dragon. And every time he plays Phoenix, he never forgets the way that we wronged him. That's true, yeah. But I was always opposite. I always liked Bledsoe more because I thought the potential was bigger, mm-hmm. was higher. But when he actually played for the Suns, he wasn't what I thought he was. Yeah. Like I just saw something else in him. But when he actually tried to perform for the Suns, I was not impressed. Of course, now he's on a team that's probably going to go to the NBA championship. <laughs> I know, right? But it's he's playing, I don't know. But he, he's been better this year. There's just things he's he always did I didn't like. So we won't get into it now. Like you said, we'll do mm-hmm. it in the number two podcast. Yep. Because that's what Eric Bledsoe is. He's a number two. Number two. So my bench is actually... Amari Stoudemire. Yeah. 
Okay, I think that Amari Stoudemire coming off the bench, if I was to build a team out and I could have Amari Stoudemire come off a bench, then that's what I would do, I think, for obvious reason. He's a big guy. He can dunk. He's savage. That's my pick. Mm -hmm. But would he be happy? Would he be happy because you know he's a starter? I mean, maybe nowadays he would be happy with being a bench player because he can't make it back in the NBA. (laughs) He's playing in the big three. I mean, when you want him on his... his, Is it like his prime is... His like ceiling, like where he's reaches ceiling with the Suns, like that kind of Amari. I mean, well, I mean that's the Amari we're talking about yeah. here. So let me yeah. rethink this for a second. <laughs> that's actually a really good point because I think prime Amari coming off the bench uh, would be demanding for a trade Amari. So yes. um, can I qu- question? Can I can I change my answer? Yes. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Because, uh, yeah, Amari wouldn't be happy. So he would not be happy coming off the bench. So I would go with Penny Hardaway. Oh, cool. Penny okay. Hardaway, back end of his career, averaged 12, 4, and 4 as a Phoenix Sun. Your bench guys can be injured sometimes because Penny was always injured, but a really good veteran presence. I really think that him coming off of the bench would provide leadership to the players on the second squad. And it's also one of those guys who. When you look at the starting lineup for your your Phoenix Suns, and all of a sudden you're, oh shit, Penny's coming off the bench. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. You know, you look at that with like the Warriors over the past three or four seasons when they had like Andre Iguodala coming off. You're like, dude, AI. Remember when it was AI and AI? Yeah. Allen Iverson and Andre yeah. Iguodala in Philly, and they're like, now this guy's coming off the bench, dude. You guys are deep and stacked. So if I'm allowed to change my answer, I am changing it to Penny Hardaway. That's a better answer. You're not <laughs> going to you. get your ass whooped in the locker room. That's what's not going to happen. Now. <laughs> so. No, I, I like that. I like that pick. Uh, so we'll go into trades. Mm-hmm. Uh, trading, because I love this. I can just smoke my cigars in my mansion and just freaking trade whoever I want. I know this but is this is it, feel, armchair GM time. <laughs> yeah, it feels great, man. Uh, I'm gonna trade Amari Stoudemire, and that's the only reason is because it got to the point where he was getting injured. We didn't know what to do with him. If we're gonna re-sign him, and then he went to the Knicks. And I know he did get traded. And it's funny because I don't even remember that he did get traded until you brought up today for what we a did. A 55th yeah. protected pick? And, but I would have traded him earlier on when he had the issues with his knee and he kept getting hurt because there was a guy in LaMarcus Aldridge at that time playing for Portland that was a player. I remember me, my friend and I were talking about this could be a guy that can fill his spot and be more like a Tim Duncan player for the Suns. And there was an opportunity. I don't know if the Suns ever talked about it, but it was always something I kind of wish they would do. Just because I feel like Amari wasn't helping us because he was always hurt and he wasn't helping us get over the hump. Aldridge never had the injury problems, so I think that trade would have been great. That's why I put him in the trade market. Oh, right man, there, that would have been an interesting trade. Because you would have got trade. a lot back for him. You know? Well, and that's the way I look at this trade. It's like when I go through this list, who had the most value? Who could have I have traded and gotten the most back? Amari, you're probably right. Well, yeah. But I'm going to disagree just for the sake of disagreeing because screw you, man. Uh, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do Goran Dragic because he had a lot of value. Again, an upset player, and I, I won't even take the upset player part of him into this. I'm okay. just gonna say there's a lot of teams who need a playmaker, and Goran Dragic at the time when that he wore the jersey number one was a valuable asset. You know, again, the Suns didn't get too much for him because the Suns, as they typically do, pigeonhole themselves into a corner that doesn't allow them to maximize their assets. The whole league knows that this player wants out. When a player wants out and it's and they're vocal that they want out, now other teams can get pennies on the dollar for them. Because yeah. they go, listen, that guy's going to be unhappy there. I'm going to give you something shitty. 
Whereas if you're just trying to trade him and trying to maximize his value, you get something better in return. So with Goran Dragic, I think, again, his value was high. He was a good distributor. And I think that we could have got a lot back for him. Oh Yeah, good pick, man. Oh, um, thank you. But, I mean, I just feel like uh, the way the Suns do it now is if when players ask out, we give up nothing. So, I mean, we give them and we get back nothing. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what exactly. I'm saying. That's, yeah. so Goran Dragic that's, that's was why kind of where it started. Yeah. Markeith Morris, we didn't get anything back for him because he was vocal and he didn't want out. Yeah. I mean, we can go on and on about every player in the last six years mm-hmm. that just, like, wasn't happy and we got nothing back yeah. for him. So, again, you know, if you want to go through and, and break it down, we both agree that for all the Suns who ever wore jersey number one, that Devin Booker would be our start. For bench, Matthew thinks Goran Dragic. I think Penny Hardaway. And for trade, I think Goran Dragic. And Matthew thinks Amari Stoudemire. So let us know what you think. Chime in on Twitter. Let us know at the Suns Report. Uh, stop by our Facebook page. You can email us to thesunsreport at gmail.com. And let us know if you agree with our start benches and trades for the jersey number one. Do you like the concept? Do you like playing along? Do you like learning about the Suns? Let us know. You know, if so, we'll continue to throw out this content there for you to enjoy midweek. You know, it's kind of that nice midweek reprieve from just something fun to listen to, hopefully. Mm-hmm. So again, my name is John. Hit me up at Darth Void on Twitter. Matthew Paul Lissy's in the house. I think I'm ready to go home and uh, and, and call it a day. What do you think? Yeah, I'm ready to go home and start bench and trade my family. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> go home and love your family. <laughs> All right, man. Take care.